1: I emailed them saying that uh, in I think nicer words than just saying your art is bad and I can do better, and I'm 14 and you should hire me. Hi, I'm Madison Malin Kercher,
2: and I'm Allegra Frank, sitting in for Rachel Hampton. And you're listening to Icymi, in case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. Allegra, hello, welcome. Hi, happy to be here. I've never done an episode just with you, Madison. I'm always How the th- Madison. <laughs> always the
0: the Madison, never the Rachel, as the saying goes. Uh, so, what's the good word on the internet today, Allegra?
2: Um, well, there's never really any good word on the internet, but uh, one of the one of the words that I've heard is uh, Neopets are NFTs now.
0: I didn't know Neopets was getting in on the adult content business. Wait, what do you mean? Adult content? Well, here on Icymi, NFTs, uh, if you know, you know, only stand for one thing and one thing only. And it's very explicit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I guess that's all we got for uh, Neopets NFTs then we're going to move on. (laughs) That's not even
0: close to true because today on the show, we are talking about Neopets, the late 90s online pet-based digital community that for many of us of a certain generation, hello, fellow kids who are now adults, uh, was our first introduction to the internet. Later, we're even interviewing an artist who worked at Neopets, drawing characters as a teenage intern in the early 2000s.
2: Yeah, it's really exciting stuff because she'll give us the lowdown on such secrets as why you could never actually afford any of those cool items on Neopets and which famous Neopets she helped design and the real story behind Neopets NFTs.
0: But before we can get to all of that, it is IcyYMI, so we're going to give you a history lesson.
2: Allegra, where did Neopets come from? Well, Madison, let's go back, way back to a time called 2002, (laughs) a year known as 2002. The New York Times has just discovered this hot new, by which I mean, three-year-old website called Neopets, which they hail a hybrid of Pokemon and SimCity, two wonderful things.
0: I don't quite remember when I joined Neopets, but I remember exactly where I was. I was at my friend Carly's house on her parents' computer because I didn't think my parents would let me make a Neopets account on the home computer. Do you remember making an account? I do.
2: Um, I remember learning about it in third grade from a friend who was like the the arbiter of cool things. Um, she was always ahead of the game. And she told me about this cool site that she had found called Neopets, where you could have your own little virtual pets. They were really cute. She showed me some at school the next day. She had some printed out. And I was like, I got to get in on this. This sounds awesome. Juliet knows what's good. I'm here for it. So my parents were not policing what I did on the internet very much. uh, And I like just kind of was always on the computer. So I just hopped on with my sister and made a Neopets account the next day after learning about it. And I never looked back. 20 accounts later, I was deep, deep in.
0: So Neopets, if you've never played, or it's been a while since you've played, I fall into that category, was a very basic website back in the day. You would log on, you would make an account, you could adopt pets. Uh, Neopets had just this wild and fanciful list of fictitious creatures that you could claim as your own. And then there was the world, Neopia, and you would travel between the lands and play games and buy stuff and barter and feed your pet. So mostly we were just fucking around on the internet with our friends. I was there for two reasons. One was to play games. I can't tell you how many hours I've lost playing a game called Mirka Chase, which is just snake with a cuter little animal
2: involved. <laughs> great game. Great game.
0: And also, were, were you into paintbrushes? Paintbrushes were these things you could buy that were sort of like, like a video game skin. It would change the appearance of your pet. So it could make your pet look like a mermaid or like it was made out of diamonds or ice.
2: Yeah, those were very hard to come by. People really coveted those because it was so cool to have a unique Neopet. But it was it took a lot of work, a lot of game playing to earn the Neopoints to get one of those guys. So
0: what we're saying here is it was fun. And also, most critically, the website was free to use. Anytime we're talking about money or cost of items in Neopia on Neopets, we're talking about Neopoints fake money. No actual money was leaving my tiny 12-year-old hands because I didn't have any. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. And I mean, this was a good thing because parents were becoming a little little more wary of their kids stealing their credit card numbers and also just credit card numbers getting stolen and data being shared. But one thing that Neopets did have was ads. Because how else would a website be free? You got to have ads. And they had (laughs) a ton of them.
0: I missed this entirely as a child. So let's dig a little bit more into the history of the website because I, you know, being a a literal child at the time, not that you weren't also, was completely (laughs) blind to this happening to the, you know, Wizard of Oz behind the curtain
2: running the show. Right. It's always scary learning about the Wizard of Oz, no matter how old you are. So it it still remains scary to learn that Neopets was co-created by Adam Powell and Donna Williams, who were not children, obviously, but they were college students at the time. So Neopets was acquired a few months after Adam and Donna started it by Doug Doring, who worked in market research with big brands. And he stumbled upon this website and got the feeling that you know, a website that already had 10,000 users just acquired through pure organic growth probably would be a good moneymaker. So Doug Doring bought the site, which was later bought by Viacom, which is the uh, company that owns such things as Nickelodeon, for $160 million in 2005. It then was sold again in 2014, but to Jumpstart Games, which you might remember: Jumpstart First Grade, Jumpstart Second Grade, all those PC Holy games crap. that are teaching yeah. you PC, teaching you math. Yeah, remember those and Reader Core Rabbit, Memory
0: Unlocked. Yeah. Uh, okay, so obviously 160 million dollars in 2005, this thing has mega value, and that value is brought in by ads, which at the time didn't really have a name, but was becoming known as this new frontier. Uh, of immersive advertising. And the best way I can describe it is there was a game I used to play on Neopets called attack of the plaque. It was fun. I have like distinct memories of playing this game. It was brought to you by Crest toothpaste. The whole thing was an ad, but
1: back in (laughs) 2000,
0: whatever, I didn't know this. I was a kid. It was the wild,
2: wild West out there for advertisements. It was sort of the first internet experience where a ton of us learned about things that we continue to do in our old age as adults. Coding, we participate in digital communities, and hiding our identities online. These were all things that were pretty intrinsic to the Neopets experience.
0: You know what else was intrinsic to the Neopets experience I've since come to learn?
2: <laughs> oh, oh god, what? Scientology. Oh, what? Oh no. Okay, <laughs> MarAqua takes on a whole new meaning if the Sea Org is involved. And they are Scientologists. They're everywhere, even underwater, in Neopets. Okay, Madison, Scientology. You have to break this down for me. Okay, so Doug Doering, the guy that you mentioned, purchased Neopets very early on, was in fact a Scientologist. Were Donna and Adam in Scientology too, or did Doug bring that all in?
0: So Neobits origins have nothing to do with Scientology, and Donna Williams in a 2014 Reddit AMA said that they actually didn't know when they got into business with Doug Doring that he was a Scientologist, uh, and that they often clashed about trying to keep uh, church and state, Neopets, and Scientology separate. What this means is Neopets wasn't a complete underground Scientology front, no. Uh, But there was definitely a little there there, which again, like when we're talking about advertising, this was a website marketed at kids. We had no idea what was going on, and nobody at this point in the internet really, no one had taken time to, you know, pause and think, huh, maybe we should regulate how things are marketed to children or the things children have access to.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was basically like kids were already going to find out about this website because that's how kids work. Kids were starting to use the internet more and It was all moving far too fast for things like the FCC or even parents to catch up with. So the site just (laughs) got bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, there were addicting games. There were really cute animals. There was a lore attached to it. There were a lot of omelets that you could just get free omelets every day. Virtual omelets, but kids love eggs, or at least I did. And that was definitely a very alluring part of Neopets to me. But Madison, I don't know about you, but I gave up on Neopets a long time ago, and Seems like a lot A lot has been happening in the modern era, including, you know, NFTs, as we said earlier, but even things that are less scary, like the fact that Neopets has a mobile app now, which huh. took a really long time for Neopets to get a uh, a mobile app. But that's a sign that it's part of the future. The website's
0: kind of a bit of a shell of its former self, though. You know, a lot of the games... The games were built for a different internet, you know, RIP Flash kind of thing. So it's not as fun. The magic is kind of gone, which I think Neopets uh, heard
2: loud and clear when it attempted an NFT sale this year, right? Yeah. So Neopets players went online and all over social media, as well as Neoboards and other Facebook groups to say we don't want NFTs coming in on our on our neopets like we thought this was a safe space neopets delving into nfts and trying to sell little pieces of jpegs to its users was definitely unappealing so the (laughs) community is currently up in arms about this and it worked right neopets did not sell
0: nearly so many nfts as it had planned to and i think that just speaks to the glory days of neopets they're in the past
2: it just feels like, okay, Neopets is supposed to be crystallized in one specific time period. And if it tries to modernize in any way, it feels it feels weird. It's always just like, why are you doing this, Neopets? That's a great question, and one we're going to get into after the break,
0: when we hear from somebody who knows exactly what Neopets was like uh, back in those glory days and remembers them quite fondly. I have a special announcement for you today. Slate is having a holiday sale. For a limited time, we're offering our annual Slate Plus membership at $25 off for your first year. It's a great deal. Think of it like this. You pay $10, $15 bucks a month for your music and streaming subscriptions, and with Slate Plus, for less than $4 per month, you get member-exclusive episodes from shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Political Gab Fest, no ads on any of our podcasts, including ICYMI, and unlimited reading on the Slate site. And best of all, you'll be supporting our show and Slate's journalism. Sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash ICYMI Plus. Again, we're giving you $25 off your first year as a member through December 29th. So sign up now at slate.com slash ICYMI Plus. Okay, we are back with Claire Hummel, a concept artist and art director in video games who worked for Neopets as a teen. Hi, Claire. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, Claire,
0: let's let's rewind time a little bit. What is your earliest memory of Neopets?
1: Oh, man. I don't even know how I got turned on to the website. In my brain, when I started, when I became a fan of it, I was like, oh, it's been around for so long. But then I realized, you know, it launched in late 1999. And I was working there summer of 2001. So it was not a long (laughs) turnaround period. Um, But I very quickly became obsessed. But yeah, I loved it. But I thought some of the art was bad. And I emailed them saying that uh, in, I think, nicer words than just saying your art is bad and I can do better and I'm 14 and you should hire me. Um, (laughs) But I did send them an email saying essentially that and for some reason it worked and they called me in and the offices were in Glendale and I lived in the valley and it just seemed to work.
2: Wow. Did they have anything to say about the fact that you were a child? (laughs)
1: Like everyone else there I assume is an adult. (laughs) Yeah, no, everyone was absolutely like young 20s and up. They seem very chill about it. I got a work permit to be able to do it since I was, I think I was 15 once I actually started. And, you know, I was the baby of the office, but otherwise it was very surreal to have a pretty straightforward office experience at a very young age. I did say they could pay me in points during my interview and they were like, no, that's illegal. We can't. <laughs> Instead, they were like, we're going to pay you in free omelets. Mm, that's right. Just negs and omelets every day. It was amazing. Wow. So you were paid um, like real human yeah, money. Yes, so I was paid real human money. I'm so curious. Like, so
2: you getting to design Neopets themselves seems like a pretty, like, high-profile important thing to let an intern do. Like, how did that happen that they were like, you get to design the actual characters now?
1: It, it is a very interesting art team dynamic where it was super just equitable. So everybody would work on everything. There would just be a list of things that needed to get done and it would be trading cards or game art or paintbrushes or items. And occasionally new pets were treated with a little more... Like, we are going to pass it around the office and people will take a couple shots at it. Um, but it meant that we all got to work on the same stuff and pass things back and forth. Um, and I think I was just a little firebrand of a teenager who was just like, yeah, I totally deserve to do these things. <laughs> and so. So during those summers, while you are toiling
0: away at the Neopets office, did your friends know about this job?
1: Yeah, I, I had a lot of friends who were still fans of Neopets, and so sometimes they would come by to visit the office. Um, but, yeah, it was very surreal. I didn't really think about it. For me, I was just like, oh, yeah, it was a, it was a, a cool com- summer job. But then talking to my buddy, Nick Cole, later, because uh, I would, like – come home from going to school at RISD, and I would go back to work at Neopets during the summer. And apparently at the time, he thought it was very cool that I had this like established industry job. So obviously, I mean, one
2: thing I found surprising about you working there was that they did have this, as you said, equitable environment, allowing Mm. you to work on the pets themselves. But because you got to see the behind the scenes world of Neopets, was there anything you saw that really surprised you about Like, oh, this is how the website works.
1: (laughs) This is how the bread is made. I think the fact that it was just so casual, like the amount of planning that went into things was very just spur of the moment. So like when we were all playing a bunch of World of Warcraft when it first came out, we just put a ton of references to WoW into the game because we could. And so suddenly a bunch of items and like armor and And caption contests suddenly come out that looks suspiciously like, wow, and we didn't really ask anyone if we could, you just would. Um, And sometimes I would just update files where I'd be like, oh, the red ICSI file has like one bleed of color that's incorrect. So I would just go into the original flash file, change it, update it on the site without telling anyone. And it was just very, everybody was just trusted to get the work done, I guess. which seems crazy to me now (laughs) working at Valve, (laughs) but... Did you learn anything about Neopets that made you like it less while you worked there? Um, I mean, you definitely, being behind the scenes, you definitely see how absolutely inflated the, uh, just the the economy was and how broken that whole system was. Like, it was broken from day one, and it still sounds (laughs) extremely broken. The Neopoints inflation was out of this world, even before I started, uh, where it would be like, oh, that thing only costs a hundred thousand Neo points. That's a decent price. Yeah. And just the way that stores were restocked and you it just never seemed like it was really balanced out as a healthy economy. Um,
2: There's I remember dramas like that one and I mean Neopets as a social platform like all social platforms, continues to have drama. Obviously, Neopets is not the size of Twitter and never was. <laughs> but what do you make of the fact that it was, you know, this digital platform, which was based upon people having their own identities, hidden or otherwise? It was it a was really early uh, social community for especially younger people. How did it resonate with you?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's it's very interesting to see how how people twisted doesn't feel like the right words, but it has like limited tools as a social network, um, but people would make it work for themselves. So starting up these huge role playing threads in the forums or using the pet pages to create personal websites that would link from one pet to another. And I know so many people who like learned HTML because they wanted to customize their pet pages on Neopets. Um, and it was pretty remarkable to see these huge communities spin up. Um, and then eventually you had Jelly Neo and Neo Colors and all of these off-site forums as well. I'm really comforted to hear about the uh, inflated economy of Neopia <laughs> because
0: my earliest Neopets memories were... I was running a really low-grade, like, middle school scam Mm. where, I I basically would just con my friends into giving me their Neopets passwords, and then I would steal all of their (laughs) Neopoints. Like, I would sell them a piece of poop for exactly how many, like, Neopoints they were worth. Exquisite. And I don't really know how I got away with this, but we're going to blame the broken economy. (laughs) I do feel
2: like Neopets also taught a lot of middle schoolers their first scams. (laughs) Oh, definitely. (laughs) I feel like Neopets, I mean, was an early way to tear friendships apart. As oh, well.
1: absolutely. <laughs>
2: yes. For sure. Partially stealing neo points. Or I mean, as as you said, you designed the redesign of the Poogle, mm-hmm. which I remember being one of those neo pets that was very popular but very hard to come by. <laughs> I remember um there was the whole like shelter where you could adopt neo pets as you yep. remember. Um abandoned neo pets. And I was playing on my friends' account and I happened upon a poogle and that's when I was like I need this poogle I love the poogle it's this cute dog thing and I need it and so what I did is I adopted that poogle and I changed my friend's password so it was she couldn't go back into it it was my account now
1: (laughs) that's amazing
0: so we keep talking about Claire how you redesigned the poogle which is funny to me because I'm sure that was the only poogle I ever knew. Could you
1: <laughs> tell us a little bit about what, what your poogle looks like and what you changed? Essentially, the poogle was still, I think, the original art that Donna had done when the site launched. And so the it was just like a kind of rougher-looking poogle, like it had seen some things and just looked like it was melting a little. Um, and so the idea was to update it with... Proper shading and updated line art, and just bring it in line with some of the nicer pets that had been designed. And I'm sure I went through a couple iterations. Um, and now I look at it and I want to redesign it all over again. But clearly, clearly people liked it, so that's nice. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just assigned to me as a as a project, and it was a relatively easy one because we weren't like rethinking it. It was just kind of updating the art, uh, which is much easier than. had like the the cow was originally the macy gray and it was just literally a caricature of macy gray (laughs) i remember (laughs) and the bruce was just like a a guy and not a penguin so those were much more intense redesigns (laughs) Wait, like Macy Gray, Macy Gray? Macy Gray, yeah. It's literally a flash cartoon of Macy Gray. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Claire, so
2: you mentioned before, you know, both of the Ixie and the Poogle, and I'm sure in general, there are things you look back on and you're like, oh, if I could just tweak that a little bit more, or I'd Mm -hmm. like to try, uh, you know, again, like I'd love to redesign it again. What do you do you pay much attention to Neopets these days and the other changes it's made in lieu of redesigning your redesigns? What does Neopets mean to you in 2021?
1: It's, it's very interesting where I feel like since I was working there at, during that golden age and then right after, like in my last year was when they switched to the customizable pets. And so a lot of the like really interesting paintbrushes got locked down into these standard poses so that you could put clothes on them. And it was a bummer as artists because suddenly you just couldn't be as exciting with the paintbrushes you were doing and I feel like you can feel a shift in the fandom at that point. How do you feel about the uh the
0: non-fungible neopets, the neopet NFTs?
1: Oh man, I think I feel like how the current Neopets team feels about them, which is they seemed as surprised about them as as everyone else was. Um, it's interesting to seem that, see that it looks like they used a fan customization tool to generate all of their images, because it has some of the bugs from that tool in the Neopets that were generated, so it's not even using official assets. <laughs> Kotaku had a headline about it that was like, the Neopets NFTs are so sad, most of them are crying, which I felt <laughs> pretty nicely. It is remarkable that it's like Neopets proves how, like, charming and fun digital collections can be, and the NFTs just, like, rips all of the joy out of that, where it's like, well, you have no control over what it looks like, and it's not designed to have any style or anything, and it costs an arbitrary amount of money. <laughs> it's just... Oof!
0: I have a real galaxy-brained take, which is that I think (laughs) Neopets primed our entire generation to accept Facebook, and thus democracy was ruined. Oh wow! (laughs) Turn that brain off, girl. But really, I think about this all the time when I think about like my earliest experiences online, where I expected to be able to like be entertained, communicate with my friends, be as anonymous as I wanted to,
1: like Mm. lie if I wanted to. It's Neopets. It is interesting that, like, the anonymous nature of Neopets is something that didn't carry through to a lot of social media. Like, so much social media is like, no, you have to use your real name and your real face. It's extremely (laughs) important truly simpler times uh
0: claire thank you so much for talking to us i'm going to spend the rest of my life feeling like an abject failure
1: for not being a a teenage neopets employee this was so much fun i think you made the right choice i loved it and i wouldn't trade it for the world but i was thinking about how i haven't had a summer vacation since i was 13 and it, it broke my brain a little we'll both live with regrets then sounds good there you go yeah
2: And once again, that was Claire Hummel, a concept artist and art director at Valve. If you wanna see some of her non-teenage work, we'll link it in the show notes.
0: All right, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is free and the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or a rating over at Spotify. That's new, how exciting. And tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at ICYMI underscore pod, or you can always send us an email. We are at ICYMI at Slate.com. I don't want to receive any emails or DMs saying that I should have said pile of dung instead of poop. Please don't come for my Neopets bona fides.
2: We're only human. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and me, Allegra Frank. Amber Smith is Senior Manager of Podcast Audience Development and Alicia Montgomery is Executive Producer of Slate Podcasts. See you online or in Neopia. If you want to see some more of her non-teenage adult work, check it out in the show notes. Adult work sounds It sounds really racy. was born? That's why I said (laughs) non-teenage. You said non-teenage. I don't know why I had to say adult. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done.